turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Always right, all day, every day. Always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer, and online at alwaysright.us. Good morning. Thanks for being with us. It is eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're rolling on a Thursday, the 21st morning, seventh month, year of our Lord, 2022. We're packed today. There's no other way to say it. We are packed. Coming up in a half an hour, you get Jim Jordan on a Thursday. That doesn't normally happen. Congressman Jordan, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, uh, is going to be joining us on a Thursday. He's normally here on Monday, and he's got a lot to talk about, including the fact that yesterday his committee, against his objections, voted to pass a ban on quote-unquote assault weapons, which is a term that is completely and utterly meaningless, especially when you ask the chairman of that committee, Jerry Nadler, who has no earthly idea what AR stands for in the term AR-15. So Jim Jordan fought very hard against that, did not win. We're going to talk to him about it and a whole host of other things. That's coming up at 9.35. At 10.10, I'm going to talk more about that, too, coming up here in just a couple. 
coming up at ten uh, ten this morning, we're going to be talking with Dr. Everett Piper as we do each and every Thursday. Dr. Piper is leading the fight in the culture wars to save America. He's got a couple of important issues, including. How embarrassing, how shameful, how ridiculous we look on the world stage when we send people like Richard Levine uh, and uh, Sam, uh, whatever his name is, the one who says he's a dog and then sometimes he's a woman and sometimes he's a guy and he dresses in his beard and his dress and he goes to represent the United States in world affairs. Uh, Dr. Piper's got some thoughts on that. There was a piece um, in uh, The Blaze uh, that really took that to uh, Sam Brighton is his name that took that one to task. We're going to talk to him about that, and then also his piece in the Washington Times about Christians and about why it is so many are willing to abandon Christianity when it is not convenient for them in the moment uh, of these culture wars. So Dr. Piper will join us uh, coming up at 1010. At 1035, we're going to talk with Tonto, Chris Peranto, uh, one of the heroes of Benghazi. One of the heroes, one of those who fought and defended the American compound in Benghazi during that 2012 terrorist attack uh, on the embassy. embassy. He was featured in the film 13 Hours. Chris Peranto is worried about defending people in America now, particularly people being able to defend themselves. The, the wild spike in violent crime, which has just been a combination of things, such as defunding and uh, underfunding police, uh, threatening police officers with prosecution to the point where they will not go out and be proactive police officers, um, prosecutors funded and paid for by George uh, Soros who refuse to actually prosecute criminals, victims who are seen with more scrutiny than the perpetrators of crimes, all of these things leading to a massive violent crime spike. And Chris Pronto is going to talk about what can be done about it. So that's at 10.35, and then at 11.10, we go back to our friends at ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, another Colorado case, because in Colorado, they will not stop until they wipe Christianity off of the map and out of our society. You know they did it to Jack Phillips, the cake baker. Now they're doing it to an artist, Lori Smith, uh, who loves to use her words and her art and her work with graphic design. Uh, to tell beautiful stories, uh, and she's told stories about causes uh, that are close to her heart, things like veterans, children with special needs, overseas missions and animal shelters, but they have told her very directly, you better not do a wedding. If you do any kind of graphic art in order to promote a wedding, then you better be prepared to do it for gay weddings, which she says she cannot do. And, of course, they have come for her now. Once again, compelled speech and forced speech is just as dangerous and just as much of a violation of the First Amendment to the Constitution as suppressed and censored speech is. Forcing her to express and to speak in support of something she does not support is absolutely a violation of the Constitution. And we're going to talk to talk about that with Jake Warner from Alliance Defending Freedom. So did I mention we were packed? Yeah, we're, we're packed. Uh, Jim Jordan, Dr. Piper, Chris Tonto, Peranto, and Jake Warner all going to be a part of the show today. So you're going to have to pick your spots. Hit them where they ain't. Whenever there's a spot, there's a gap. And if I say I've got time for phone calls right now for the next three minutes, be ready to hit the button. All right, hopefully you've got me saved in your phone right now, right? I got to be one of your favorites, I would hope, on your on your smartphone or on your speed dial if you're using a regular old phone. I hope. If not, I'm, I'm a little hurt. Be honest with you. I thought we were better than that. Uh, put me on your speed dial. 
uh, put me on your, your frequent call list, whatever it is you have to do on your phone. So you just go, boom, open it up and tap it, and away we go. That number you want to put in there is 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. In fact, give me two buttons. Give me two speed dial buttons. How about that? I'm worth it. Don't you think? Put it on your phone, uh, 216-901. That way you don't have to wait for me to give you the number. If I say I'm open for calls now, you just open it up and hit Bob. Bink. There you go. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Now, before we get started with the news of the day, what do you say we rise? Patriots, go ahead and stand and uh, face your flag if you have one nearby. If you don't, that's all right. If you are, <clears throat> excuse me. If you are in your car, you are for you are uh, exempted rather from the stand request. You don't have to stop and pull over and stand up, but maybe just put your hand on your heart and drive with your left hand for a moment. Could you do that and join us in our pledge of allegiance? If you are a believer in just ignoring the Constitution and just completely scrapping the Second Amendment to the Constitution, you know that important amendment that says you have the right to keep and bear arms and that it shall not be infringed. Yeah. If you believe that the way the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee do, then you don't understand the flag at all. And if you don't understand the flag and don't believe in the flag, well, then you are exempted from having to pledge your allegiance to the flag. Go ahead and take a knee instead over there next to your favorite ex-quarterback, while the rest of us say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So they went and did it, the House Judiciary Committee. They went ahead and said, the hell with the Second Amendment. Uh, We don't care about a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the people. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They just said the heck with that. The Constitution, what are you talking about? They went ahead and passed an assault weapons ban, similar to the um, uh, similar to the 1994 ban that they put in place that was completely and utterly useless, no matter how many times Joe Biden tries to tell you differently. It did not lower the number of murders, homicides, mass shootings, or anything else in the 10-year lifespan that it had. And thank goodness it had a a sunset clause on it, but it did not uh, help things. What it did do is it put more people in, de- in jeopardy. It put more people in danger. That's the reality of it. Now, what I want to share with you real quick is kind of important here because the chairman of the committee that, uh, that, that just voted to ban, quote-unquote, assault weapons is Jerry Nadler. He's the chairman of the committee. Jim Jordan, whom we'll speak with at uh, 935, is the ranking member for the minority party, which is the the Republicans, obviously. And um, Jerry Nadler was asked before this vote if he could kind of, you know, enlighten us a little bit and educate us a little bit. Tell us exactly what the AR stands for in the AR-15 that you want to ban. And this is how that exchange went. Hold on, we'll make it happen, I promise. Chairman Adler, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you know what the AR and AR-15 stands for? Stands for slow rifle. All right, just to, just to give you... That's not... Um, just, to, just to give you a little bit of a... Uh, an idea of what's going on here. Jerry Nadler, because he's a liberal Democrat freak, um, is not in the chamber. 
He is in his office because, you know, COVID and stuff. <laughs> he's still hiding, uh, or at least putting on the show that he's hiding from COVID. So the delay here that you hear is Jerry Nadler, the camera cuts to him, sitting back in his desk chair, uh, apparently contemplating the question before he leans forward, and then he starts talking before he pushes his little button that allows his... Um, uh, you know his his uh, his voice to come through. You know the little uh, the little intercom, if you will. So he starts talking. That's why it's cut out. But you can hear him say the answer that he wants to give here at the end. But just to give you, that's why there's a delay. So listen again. Yeah, okay. So um, again, he was starting to speak because he's an idiot and can't operate a simple intercom button. Uh, a, a trained chimpanzee could. Jerry Nadler can't. But you did hear him. Uh, and again, I'm watching the video, so I'm seeing his mouth move. He is talking, uh, but he doesn't have the button pushed all the way in because, like I said, he's a Democrat. It's that's how they are. So anyway, you did hear the very end of what he said, which was assault rifle. The AR and AR-15, the most dangerous thing ever created in the history of the world, according to the snowflake Democrats, who are just terrified of guns, at least guns guns in the hands of people that aren't their armed security members. Um, he said, assault rifle. Okay? That's what uh, Jerry Nadler's answer was. Here's the rest of the exchange. So that's not, um, Mr. Massey, you know what it stands for? Armalite is original manufacturer. Yeah, exactly. It's unfortunate because Armalite was the first manufacturer of the platform. I think it was 1963. So Thomas Massey, Representative Thomas Massey, stepped in, and you heard the the, the disgust in his voice, right? The 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 contempt that he has, the fact that Jerry Nadler is trying to ban a weapon that he doesn't know, he doesn't understand, he doesn't. Uh, you know, he, he has no concept of what it is. Because the term assault rifle doesn't even have a definition. They like to call them assault rifles, and so they put the AR and AR-15 and think it means AR-15 assault rifle number 15. That's what this is. It is absolutely not that. Uh, it is Armalite, as Thomas Massey just said. And you, can, like I said, you kind of hear the contempt in his voice. Armalite, like, who doesn't know this except idiots? And it's one thing for idiots to not know this. It's another thing for the chairman of a judiciary committee in the United States Congress, in the United States House of Representatives, to be one of those idiots right before he calls for a vote on banning the very thing he doesn't understand. Make that make sense, somebody. Um, Mr. Massey, you know what it stands for? Armalite. His original manufacturer. Yeah, exactly. It's unfortunate because Armalite was the first manufacturer of the platform. I think it was 1963, and it's different. But assault rifle just sounds really, really scary, you see. It sounds really scary, so that's what we got to go with here. we got to go with assault rifle. We don't care what the actual company's name is. We don't care how the platform was founded. We don't care when it was. We just know that if we say assault rifle, people go, <gasps> and should we ban assault rifles? Uh-huh. Yeah, please get those things away from me. You've got to ban those things. They're they're made for assault. They're made to kill. They're weapons of war. All of these terms that they use to describe one of the most popular weapons in the United States of America owned by millions and millions of American gun owners who don't use them to shoot up schools or grocery stores or churches or synagogues. Millions upon millions of Americans own 
AR-15s. And they know that it stands for Armalite, not Assault Rifle. And they know that it's for defense, not for deer hunting, Joe Biden, and not for committing mass murder. But the Democrats took a victory lap yesterday. Ted Lieu, today we passed, this is a tweet, so I'm just kind of giving it my Ted Lieu voice. I don't even know what Ted Lieu's voice sounds like, but I don't want to make fun of him. So work with me here. Today we passed the Assault Weapons Ban Act. Every Democrat on House Judiciary voted yes, and every Republican voted no. Well, thank you for the clarification as to which party actually stood in defense of the Second Amendment, which reads, shall not be infringed. You and every Democrat, Ted Lieu, on that committee just voted to infringe. You voted against the the, the Constitution, against the Bill of Rights, against the Second Amendment, against that very important language. You voted to infringe. MSNBC executive producer Kyle Griffin noted, The House Judiciary Committee today advanced the Assault Weapons Ban Act of 2021 that would ban the sale, import, manufacture, or transfer of certain semi-automatic weapons. Today's committee action marks the first markup of the assault weapons ban since 1994. That's dynamite. Thank you for the reminder of the last time that the Constitution was attacked in such a way for no benefit whatsoever. In fact, the only thing it does is it, it robs people of the right to defend themselves, their homes, their property in the manner that they choose. On July 15th, Breitbart uh, warned that the House Judiciary Committee would be taking up this assault weapons ban, noting the legislation would ban at least 45 specific AR-15 platform rifles and approximately 30 AK-47s. The bill would ban the manufacture and sale of at least 45 specific AR-15 rifles. The bill also bans the manufacture and sale of all AR pistols, and specifically named 13 that are listed. And once again, Jerry Nadler, the leader of this uh, this uh, committee that made this decision, that passed this ban, doesn't know what the AR even means. All they know is we've got an opportunity to scare the bejesus out of people, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to scare them with terms like assault rifle and weapons of war, and that'll generate enough support for us to get this done. Will it pass the whole House? Yes. Will it pass the Senate? That's another question. Is Joe Manchin going to step up? Are other Democrats, all you need is one, two or three or four would be better, but all you need is one in the Senate side to say, uh, no, I actually understand what the words shall not be infringed means. And I believe in letting the American people defend themselves just the same way that the good guy with the gun defended himself and the uh, the rest of the, uh, uh, the public in the shopping mall in suburban Indiana on Sunday. Yes, good guys with guns actually make a difference. I got more on this, but I can also hear from you. Like I said, pick your spots. Put me on speed dial, 216-901-0945. Right back. Always right radio at AM 1420, the answer. By the way, I want to stand corrected. Yeah, yeah, stand corrected. Jerry Nadler was not in his chambers at the time of the or his office during the time the uh, camera just made it the, the camera cut made it look as though he was not in the building or excuse me not in the chamber 
not in the actual House chamber for the Senate for the House Judiciary Committee. It made it look like they were cutting him in a different location. He was leaned back and he had to lean up to his desk and push the button and the intercom and so forth. So a little bit bizarre. But no, he's there. And the reason I know he's there because I'm looking at another video now that I want you to hear uh, and I want you to, to listen to. This is um, uh, this is Representative Cicilline incorrectly identifying, just as Jerry Nadler incorrectly identified uh, uh, what, a, what an AR was, incorrectly identifying a wrist brace and calling it a bump stock. Listen. I rise in opposition to the amendment. What this stabilizing brace, which is depicted here, when, a, when attached here, it turns this weapon into an automatic weapon. This bumps, it becomes a bump stock. And so it will allow that to essentially be fired like an automatic weapon. That's the danger. So I have to very strongly oppose the amendment. And I yield back. And now Thomas Massey, who actually knows something about these weapons, uh, will correct the moron, the moronic uh, statement by Cicilline. When yields back, who seeks recognition? I, I seek recognition. My purpose is gentlemen from Kentucky seek recognition. To strike the last word. Gentlemen is recognized. <laughs> the, the Democrats are so zealous in their rush to ban everything related to guns and every gun that exists that I'm afraid uh, Mr. Cicilline has his, his gun features mixed up. He just described the arm brace, which is used by p- people who have a handicap to help fire a, a pistol. He just described it as a bump stock. Uh, it's neither a stock nor a bump stock. <laughs> And um, I think it's important that if you're going to ban these things, that you actually understand what you're banning. That is the novel concept, isn't it? Actually understand what you're banning. The picture that he showed everybody needs to know is not a bump stock. It's it's an arm brace for firing a pistol uh, from the wrist. And it's it's not made to increase the rate of fire, the firearm. It's not made to simulate automatic fire. Um, is made to stabilize the the grip of a pistol for handicapped users, for people with disabilities and who don't have the ability to grip and hold the weapon safely. That's what the stabilizing brace is for, and they want to make it something that it is not. The Democrats know nothing about firearms except that they know how to scare people with them, and when they try to scare people with them, it gets them easier. It makes it easier to ban them. All right, we'll take a time out here for news. We'll come back. Jim Jordan will talk about it. He was on that committee. He had some things to say. He'll be next on AM 1420. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Plain and simple. It doesn't say the right to keep and bear muskets shall not be infringed. It doesn't say shall not be infringed unless Democrats say this weapon looks so scary we have to get rid of it. It doesn't say that at all. It says shall not be infringed. We said this in the last the last markup on legislation where the Democrats were trying to infringe on Americans, law-abiding Americans, Second Amendment liberties. We said the Democrats' beef is with the Second Amendment. If you want to change the Second Amendment, you want to get rid of the Second Amendment, go try a constitutional amendment. See how far you get with that. 
That's a great that's a great piece of advice. Congressman Jim Jordan is the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. That committee yesterday did indeed pass out of committee to the House, perhaps for a full vote, a ban on quote-unquote assault weapons, something that they do not even understand. Uh, joining us now is Congressman Jordan, that ranking member. Uh, it's good to have you back on the program, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you. I was flabbergasted uh, when uh, when Jerry <laughs> Nadler, the chairman of your committee, who wants to ban assault rifles, particularly AR-15s, particularly a what about yeah. 45 different variations of these AR-15s, he wants to ban. Was asked, sir, do you know what AR stands for? And he said, yeah. and, this, and, and the reason it matters is because what you just said in that clip that I played on uh, in that meeting, um, and, and that is scary. They're trying to scare people. Yeah. So he said, AR stands for assault rifle. And, of course, yeah. Representative Massey said, uh, no, no, that would, that would be our yeah. right, sir. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah t- right. tell, me, tell me your thoughts now that this thing has gotten out. Well, no, the, 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 the truth is their, um, their beef is with the Second Amendment. They don't like the Second Amendment. And here was the irony. We, we did a series of amendments from Republicans that said, okay, well, uh, we disagree with this. We think law-abiding citizens should not have their Second Amendment liberties infringed on. Uh, but... Um, why don't we make at least at least add to the bill, make a terrible bill a little less terrible? Let's let's add exceptions for okay. How about disabled veterans who need an arm brace? How about how about veterans? Uh, how about uh, people who live within ten miles of of the border where we no longer have a border and their ranches are being overrun with illegal migrants coming across? How about uh, victims of domestic violence? How about so we had a number of exceptions. They said no to all of those. But you know what the bill does? The bill allows any federal agency, bureaucrats at that agency. To continue to purchase these arms that they're going to uh, these uh, these uh, firearms that they're going to ban, including the Department of Education and the Department of Agriculture. And our point was, what did, what a bureaucrat at the Department of Education need an AR-15 for? For goodness sake! But that's a, that's permitted under the bill, and it's like this is how ridiculous the Democrats' legislation is, and how much they're committed to their assault on fundamental liberties of law-abiding Americans. You know, it's it's so important, and I saw the signage that you guys had up there, too, shall not be infringed one placard at a time to make sure that everybody mm-hmm. can understand that and say it that so. They don't seem to understand that, and they don't really seem to care what the facts are. Right. Um, and, and I'm so glad you pointed out that they won't even allow exceptions in the midst of their, their lust for just, you know, pleasing their base, particularly in the light, in the light of mass shootings, uh, their, their, their desire to please their base. They don't even care about, like you said, the ranchers and the people who live along the border that just does not exist. And they are not just being, yeah. you know, Joe Biden likes to say, why do you need a weapon with that many rounds anyway? You must be a terrible shot. Or that or you think the deer are wearing Kevlar. How about the fact that not every home invasion is a single person? How about sometimes it's two, three, four? How about sometimes it's dozens coming in from across the border and invading your ranch? And if you're protecting yourself and your family, you kind of can't do it with a six shooter. Yeah, exactly. And this is this elitist attitude that says, oh, government can have the ability to, 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 to purchase these arms and have these, these type of weapons, but regular people can't. And, oh, uh, regular people who want to defend themselves, who may be in a, a situation like you just described, oh, that, that's not going to happen. But the elite who can hire the private security and live in their fancy places with all kinds of protection and gated communities, all, it, 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 it's part of this elitist attitude from so many on the left who think they're better than us, and frankly don't understand what life is like in the middle of the country where so many people are, are, are just much more familiar with firearms, who, who are sportsmen, uh, who, who, um, who, who understand how weapons are. We saw this in the committee yesterday. They couldn't tell the difference between a brace and a bump stock. I mean, 
just the, the names themselves should tell you a brace for a veteran who can who a disabled veteran. They, they couldn't tell the difference, and it was it was almost laughable at some points, and it frankly would be laughable if we weren't talking about a fundamental liberty that is in our Constitution. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it, there's nothing to laugh about here. It's aggravating. It's infuriating. And again, they like to use those scary words like assault wipe, rifles and weapons of war. And didn't you, I, mean, I don't know if it was you or not, I was listening to a few different people in their uh, comments on that committee yesterday. Uh, somebody brought up the fact that this is, a, this is a joke to suggest that these are weapons of war. We talk to military members. We yeah. talk to people who are in battle. You take an AR-15 in a battle, you are not going to get out of that battle alive. They don't take semi-autos. They take automatic rifles if they have to go to battle. Yeah, you can... You, the, the, Mr. Stubbe, who was a member of our military, um, talked about how you can, you can, you can flip to a three-round burst where it, where it becomes automatic, and then, or you can, you can keep it at semi-automatic, which means you have to pull the trigger each time for, for a round to fire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have some people on our committee who are, who are truly experts in how firearms work, like Mr. Massey uh, and Mr. Stubbe, um, and, and frankly, the Democrats had no one on their side who went, I, I think fully understands how um, how some of these weapons that they're trying to ban actually uh, actually function. No, and, and if they do, they 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 don't want to they don't want to you know explain their understanding because they want to use you know it's propaganda it's a propaganda campaign mm. make people afraid yep. of these things so that we generate public support for their ban. But I like what you said. You want to go after the Second Amendment, go after the Second Amendment, but stop with this ridiculous legislation that essentially guts the Second <laughs> Amendment. So, Bob, you know what else they did? They passed legislation last night in committee to 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 allow people just to sue gun manufacturers, not not when the gun malfunctions. Like you can sue it. Uh, remember, I, I remember you know you and I are old enough to remember the, the Ford, but Pento, and it was exploding. It was the defect in design. So if there's a d- design deficiency or defect, then you can you can you, there's there's a tort there's a, there's a cause of action there. But they want to be able to just sue gun manufacturers. The gun didn't malfunction. Just some evil person did some evil act. And then they want to be able to go sue the gun manufacturer. That's what they also passed last night. So again, instead of like, if you're beefed with the Second Amendment, try to change that. I think it's a great one. Of, you know, one of the great things about our, our Constitution, of course. But if you want to change it, go 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 change it. Do the process you have to do. But no, they want to put gun manufacturers out of business, and they want to they want to ban certain weapons and uh, in an effort to fully get rid of the Second Amendment. That's not how it's supposed to work. I wish you hadn't gone there because now I'm going to have to say this. Um, the same, same party that wants to hold the gun manufacturers liable for the misuse yep. of the guns by the people yep. are, are, are the ones who don't want to hold the pharmaceutical companies liable yep. if the drugs that they put out under executive, uh, or not executive, under emergency use authorization kill yep. people or cause very yep. serious damage to people. They get complete immunity from any kind of judgment whatsoever. Yeah, and Thomas, uh, Mr. Massey brought that very thing up because he had a constituent who... Uh, was was really harmed in a, in a during a, a test, um, and and the, the people who did that had complete liability. And so, uh, yeah, that that was a uh, that was part of the debate late last night. We finished up about midnight last night in the, in the committee. But um, no, it's it's a, it's a it's a very valid point. Has anybody gone after Chevy, by the way? Because wasn't it a Chevy van that the guy drove through the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin? Was I think it was a Chevy yeah, van, right? Chevy's yeah, responsible for the way that van was used, I guess, right? Yeah, and that was that was the example that was used by uh, Republicans on the committee last night to point out how just how wrong that legislation was that that they passed as well. Um, so bans are it's eight pages. That, that on the, back to the in the legislation, eight pages listing line by line the various weapons that a law-abiding American citizen will no longer be able to purchase that are currently available for purchase. And there's like some like twenty million. Uh, 
um, uh, AR-15 style rifles out there that the, that the American people have, and and now going forward, eight different pages of those style of of uh, guns that that are not going to be able to be uh, purchased by the American people. It, just, it makes no sense. No, it really does not. Uh, and by the way, I didn't see any of that late night stuff, so I wasn't plagiarizing those individuals. I'm not Joe Biden. I no, I know, I know. Own, I come up with my own material. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, Congressman, uh, meanwhile, speaking of uh, Let's Go Brandon, uh, he decides to announce his phony climate emergency yesterday. Oh, he didn't declare the, quote, national emergency, which is probably coming next week, but he said, I view climate as an emergency, and he's going to take a bunch of executive actions. Um, how long do we have to listen to this nonsense, um, considering the fact that we could take the most egregious steps imaginable to harm the American people, uh, putting in carbon taxes and all kinds of other things, all in an effort to fight climate, when it will make exactly zero difference when the largest yep. polluters in the pl- on the planet, in China and in India, aren't changing a thing. They think that one little spot on the globe is going to change the future of the globe. Uh, even though the, the 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 rest of it is doing nothing, I mean, that, that, what is the goal here for them? Uh, I mean, it's it's they, they don't like the country, they don't like free markets, they don't like uh, the rule of law, they don't like equal treatment. I mean, all this, all those great principles that make America the greatest nation ever. I don't, I, they they just don't like it. Now, I don't even think Joe Biden actually probably agrees with all the climate agenda. I just think he does whatever the left tells him. Uh, yeah. as evidenced by all the bad policies that have been put in place and everything that they're doing, and doing it in an intentional fashion that, as you point out, actually harms America. I mean, when you drive up the cost of energy, you're going to drive up the cost of everything else because you got to move goods around the country. That's just how it operates. So you drive up the cost of energy like they have, you're going to have this record inflation, and, and we got now a 41-year high inflation. So all this is being done intentionally to harm the country, including the border, which we've talked about numerous times. That's being done intentionally. So I don't know that Joe Biden has necessarily an original idea anymore. I think he's. I think it's all driven by uh, uh, he's now just like, okay, whatever the left tells me, I'm going to do what the left wants because the left controls our party. That's where the political power is in the Democrat Party uh, today, and he's beholden to them. So um, – you know, we'll see what he does for, uh, further on this, but the left truly embraces this crazy climate agenda, which is harmful to American families. You know, uh, you read my mind when you brought up the border, because that was going to be my next question. Uh, two quotes from Alejandro Mayorkas, who's in charge of Homeland Security, and it's simply disgusting mm-hmm. and reprehensible. He reiterated yesterday that the border is, quote, look, the border is secure. We are working to make the border more secure. This has been a historic challenge. That was challenged by uh, Brandon Judd, the president of National Border Patrol Council, who said uh, yeah. that not only the drug flows into the U.S. are at record numbers, but also the number of migrants that get past agents. And one agent spoke to Fox News, said hundreds of thousands crossing every month is not the definition of secure. They are liars, and anyone who believes them are fools. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How do you yeah. respond to Alejandro Mayorkas? No, it's ridiculous. Like the, what he's saying, don't believe your lying eyes, America. You, you know, you can you can turn on the you can see just this this the constant flow. And month after month after month, we set records. And of course, while we're processing, because the border patrol agents no longer are actually agents doing their job and secure. I mean, they're they're doing their job the best they can, but they're not doing what their original task is, which is secure the border. They've now become processors in the Joe Biden uh, uh, Secretary Mayorkas world. They process people in, so. That's what they're focused on. Instead of being able to do the good work that they've, they've traditionally done, historically done, they now have them be functioning as, as processors. And while they're doing all that, they don't, they're still occupied in processing people into the country that they, 
it, it limits their ability to stop the drug flow, which, and we know what fentanyl is doing to communities all over the nation. So yeah. that's the problem. And then for him to say it's secure is just ridiculous. Everyone understands there is no way you can set record after record, month after month after month, and have, and see all these drugs come in as well and, and say our border is secure. But he says it, I guess, because it must make him feel better or something. Um, but we know it's not the case. But the irony of that, Congressman, is this, and this is something I didn't realize happened two days ago, but on Tuesday, Mayorkas told an audience at the Aspen Institute, quote, I am, to a great extent, aligned with the expectations of the immigrant community. Those expectations, quote, match my ambitions for what we want to do at DHS, uh, describing himself as a refugee from Cuba and saying that re- they reflect, I think, the president's ambitions for what our country needs and who we are, echoing his claim that Americans must ensure their homeland is a nation of immigrants, not a nation of citizens. So he's essentially saying, I, I'm in charge of homeland security, but I, I don't plan on making it secure. I plan on making sure more immigrants come in here every single month. He's literally acknowledging it now. Yeah, well, but never forget a few months ago in the committee hearing, we asked him a simple question. He said there have been 42 uh, illegal immigrants who come across the border who were on the terrorist watch list. What is their status? Where are they at? And his answer was, I don't know. So <clears throat> when you have the Secretary of Homeland Security saying something like that in a congressional hearing where he should be prepared to answer that question, knowing that that's likely to come up, and he wasn't, that, that tells you how bad a job he is doing and why I think there's probably a decent chance if, in fact, the American people do what I hope they're going to do, which is put Republicans back in charge of the Congress, that he, uh, he may step down as, uh, as Homeland Security uh, Secretary. Let's, let's, let's at least hope, because we can't do any worse than him. Oh, my goodness, no. No, I, we, we, do, we can just hope for that. Congressman Jordan, last thing for you, sir. You're taking a lot of heat and a lot of criticism for being one of the leading voices opposed to the bill that was just passed uh, from the full House to codify same-sex marriage. Uh, they claim they're afraid that the Supreme Court is going to do uh, to Obergefell what they did to Roe, and that is roll that same-sex marriage protection back. Forty-seven of your colleagues, Republican colleagues, joined with all of the Democrats there to defend mm-hmm. that. Um, like I said, you're taking a lot of heat. You're being called a bigot. You're being called a homophobe because you want to you want to uh, go back to uh, letting the states decide those things uh, and not be forced federally to recognize this. How do you respond to those critics? Well, I, I, I just like I said on the floor, this this bill is unnecessary. Uh, Judge Alito, in the in the Dobbs uh, opinion, said nothing in this opinion should be construed to, to to apply to anything other than the abortion issue that was in front of us. Um, and, and so I, I, it's, and then you have the Obergefell decision, which, which said what it said. So look, I believe in traditional marriage, I always have, but this, this legislation was, uh, completely unnecessary. And I think it's a further effort, Bob, to, um, to further intimidate the court. I mean, you, you think about what we've seen over the, over, over the last several, uh, uh years and months. It started with Schumer on the steps of the of the Supreme Court saying Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, you've unleashed the whirlwind. You will face the the you will pay the price. What he said, Nadler's introduced legislation to add four associate justices to the Supreme Court after the Dobbs leak decision uh, came out. Uh, there were protests at justices' homes, um, putting online where where Justice Barrett's children go to school, where her family attends church, trying to intimidate the court while a, while a case was pending in front of the court directly on point on this statute, and, and Merrick Garland refuses to do anything. And, of course, while all that was going on, Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, even though the Senate had passed legislation which said we're going to give protection to the justices' families, she held that up for four weeks. And guess what happened in that interim? Guess what happened in that four-week time? There was an assassination attempt on Justice uh, Kavanaugh. 
So when you have the legislative branch and the, and the executive branch teaming up with the left to go after and try to intimidate a separate and equal branch of government, the, the, the judicial branch, that is, that is dangerous. And so this effort was part of that whole uh, – this bill was part of that whole effort to continue the intimidation. And I spoke about all that on the floor uh, a couple of days ago, and that's why I was uh, – I was proud to vote uh, against the legislation. Yeah, I concur. It is intimidating. It is harassing, and it is an attempt to demean and diminish the court. As if we will do what we need, what we know needs to be done, because we don't trust that you will do the right thing. So it is a, it is a terrible, terrible precedent. I think that they are setting by taking these actions literally to intimidate the court. Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's fourth congressional district representative and the ranking member of that House Judiciary Committee. By the way, super quick, is this going to get through the Senate? It'll probably come out of the House. The, the talking about the gun, uh, the gun ban, the assault weapons. Uh, will it go through the Senate, do you think, or do you think you have one or two Democrats I, I, who might oppose? I think, I think we can stop it in the Senate. Um, and there's, it's still un, uh, unclear if there's the votes to get it through the House, uh, but they're going to try next week. So I anticipate that they might get the votes, and but we'll be arguing uh, big time on the, on the floor uh, of the House if they, uh, if they bring this up next week. But that's their plan, I believe. Whether they have the votes, we'll have to wait and see. Well, I know you'll fight hard for us on that one and uh, and for our rights under the Second Amendment. Uh, thanks very much, Congressman. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Thanks. All right, that's Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer, it's 955. Always Right Radio is right back after this. Must be the season of the witch. Must be the season of the witch, yeah. Must be the season of the witch. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward we roll into hour number two now, eight minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks for being with us. It's a Thursday. It's the 21st morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2022. If you missed the interview with Jim Jordan, it will be posted up at alwayswrite.us in, I don't know, probably an hour or so. Uh, we'll get that for you. All of the interviews that you may miss, of course, you can uh, log on to alwayswrite.us and access the WHK radio page which is whkradio.com, and go to the podcast portion and uh, listen to anything that you may have missed. Jim Jordan had a lot of very important stuff to discuss with that ban on assault weapons yesterday passed by the House Judiciary Committee. So uh, if you missed that, like I said, educate yourself, inform yourself. It is important. I want to bring in our uh, regular Thursday commentator now as we talk culture wars. Kind of seems to be the theme of our conversations each week with Dr. Everett Piper. Uh, so we welcome him Welcome him back. He is a best-selling author. He's a weekly columnist with the Washington Times. He hosts his own radio podcast, and, radio and podcast, rather, in Oklahoma called The Rebellion. He's a former university president as well, and uh, he's our regular Thursday commentator. It's good to have you back, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. It's always good to be on your show. So... Um, Pastor Heath Rada, we're going to start with your Washington Times column, your most recent. Pastor Heath Rada seems to be like many, sadly, Christian leaders, uh, or just straight-up Christians, who are willing to abandon their faith, abandon Christianity and its principles and its tenets, abandon the Bible, uh, and 
maybe almost converting from Christianity to you know the religion of wokeness, uh, converting to the religion of the uh, alphabet mafia, the LBGTQXYZ NPR blah 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 blah. Because he is essentially saying the Bible, you know, is malleable. It can change. The messages of the church can change. You know, we need to modernize them. This is a constant process of searching, and there's no simple answer on the desires that go along with these lifestyles. Dr. Piper, it's quite a piece you wrote. Can you give us more? Well, uh, Heath Rada is a Presbyterian pastor from North Carolina. And apparently he's popular because he's been out on the speaking circuit, speaking at other Presbyterian churches in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, throughout the South. So I'm assuming because he keeps getting these speaking venues and appointments on his schedule that he is popular within that particular church tradition down South. What's well, interesting, one of his sermons that he's repeating on the stump is titled, uh, what is it called? To Listen and Love. That's the title of his homily, of his mm-hmm. sermon. Mm-hmm. And in that, he makes two key points. One, he says that the Bible repeatedly calls for the stoning of women who get a divorce. And the second point he makes is, therefore, because we no longer drag divorcees to the public square to pelt them with stones, we should likewise stop uh, being as judgmental uh, as we are on the LGBTQIA community. Well, there's a couple problems here. Uh, oh, oh and, he, and he says this, the Bible doesn't say anything. He says the Bible doesn't say anything about the consequences, that's his language, the consequences of violating the sexually moral standards of, L, of gay and lesbian prohibitions in, in Scripture. Okay? There's a problem here. Uh, none of that is true. First of all, there's nothing in the Bible that says drag women out into the public square and stone them if they get a divorce. That's not there. Either this guy is ignorant of the Bible or he's being deceptive and he's lying about the Bible because the Bible doesn't say that. Okay? The second thing, what Bible are you reading, Pastor Rada, when you say that the Bible doesn't speak to the issues of the consequences of sexual immorality? I mean, my land, you might want to start with the the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, which isn't just in Genesis. That story is repeated by the Apostle Paul, by the Apostle Peter, and by the Apostle Jude. There are three New Testament authors that actually repeat the story of God's judgment against sexual immorality. So what Bible are you reading? You might want to go back and read those epistles from Paul and from Jude and from Peter, and then if you're still not satisfied with that, you might want to go to Revelation 21, where Jesus himself, when he calls himself the Alpha and the Omega, the judge at the end of days, he says in chapter 21, outside of the dogs, those who practice what? Sexual immorality, Greek, pornea, and deception, which I would argue Radio is doing both. He's being deceptive, and he's also ignoring the fact that the Bible Jesus himself, as well as all of his apostles, condemn the violation of God's standard of, of the sexual ethic. So this is just an example, Bob, of the church losing, losing its ever-loving mind. The, ever, the, the evangelical church is out there peddling this pablum, and it's not even biblical. And back to your point, who defines Christianity? Pastor Rada does not define Christianity. It's not his job to do that. I would argue that the Bible defines Christianity. And if we can't adhere to Scripture any longer and apply it accurately to our churches and to our lives, 
then I think we're coming pretty close to forfeiting the right to call ourselves Christians. Shame on this pastor, and shame on the evangelical community that allows this pablum to persist out in the public square. It's well, nonsense. And, and invites it, apparently, as you're talking about. He's taking this message into churches uh, all over the place. So he's uh, he's got an audience, and he's got some people who agree with it. Um, real quick on the deception part of what you just discussed, the part, the part where he claims that the Bible calls for divorced women to be stoned, uh, and you call that complete pablum as well. It's It's not accurate. What does the Bible say about that? Okay, when he was challenged on this, just like you just asked me, he referred to the passage uh, in the Gospels where Jesus, uh, the woman is brought into the public square, the Pharisees are going to stone her for what? Being caught in adultery. Adultery. Okay, (laughs) adultery. And Jesus says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. That's Rada's explanation. That verse is not applicable to divorce. In fact, the Bible does say that divorce is not, the, uh, it's not optimal. You shouldn't participate in it unless, and then the Bible actually gives the parameters for biblical divorce. For example, infidelity on the part of one's spouse or abuse by a spouse. There are parameters for divorce in the Bible that make it something that's acceptable. Thus, the Church for 2,000 years has acknowledged that because the Bible is clear. But there's nothing. I challenge anybody to listen, that's listening to me right now to find me one verse, one verse in the Bible that says stone women who are getting a divorce. It does not say that. Adultery, no, no. there's an example there, but not divorce. Yeah, but even in that example, um, it, is, it is specifically saying do not stone women. Do not stone anyone unless you are without sin. And since no one is without sin, save for the Virgin Mary herself and her, and her son, um, it, the Bible is explicitly condemning the idea of stoning. They wanted to stone this woman for her perceived sins and her adultery, and, and, and Jesus said, no, don't do that, by, by literally saying, go ahead, if you are without sin yourself. And since nobody was, they dropped their stones, they walked away, and, uh, and, and, and I think the message has been sent, right? I mean, I understand how he can possibly, um, talking about Pastor Rada, how he can possibly suggest that that passage indicates that the Bible is okay with stoning. Exactly. I mean, the passage, it's it's called exegesis. Uh, It's exegeting, extracting, and applying Scripture accurately to our daily lives. Proper interpretation and application of Scripture is theologically defined as exegesis. It's not spelled Jesus, by the way. It's (laughs) E-X-G-E-S-I-S. Okay, so it has nothing to do with Jesus per se. It's exegeting Scripture. And Pastor Rada is showing us what terrible exegesis is because he's misinterpreting and misapplying Scripture to the point where he's taking this passage where Jesus is very clear. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone against an adulterer, not against a divorcee. It has nothing to do with what Rada is saying it has to do. And then he says, because we don't apply that Scripture, which he's misapplying and misinterpreting, we should therefore change our understanding of homosexuality, LGBTQIA, SJW, BLM, CRT, all the alphabet soup lunacy of culture, he's saying we should reapply Scripture to that because of the way we've reapplied Scripture to the stoning of women who are getting a divorce. It's a fabrication. This makes no sense. And we need to call him out on it. 
Amen to that. And and Amen. by the way, I love your clothes. Uh, St. Paul said, in the last days there will come lovers of self, proud and arrogant. Avoid such people. These men oppose the truth. They are men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth. And aren't we seeing that? I'm not saying we're in the end of days. I'm not saying these are the last days, as you quote St. Paul. In the Bible, uh, but but aren't we there right now? Because we have these teachers who are pushing uh, these things to suit their own passions, trying to bring people with them, trying to t- this. This is what I would call social media influencers and the purveyors of, of of so much pornography in modern culture, uh, in in literal and actual pornography, and then you know the, these things which lead to it. Well, you know, one of the things that, I, and the, uh, let me end this part of the program on an up note here. Okay. That the, what proves to me over and over again that the Bible is the Word of God, inspired, inerrant, infallible, and true, is that you read something like the passage to, to Timothy, Paul's protege, that's the passage that you just read that I cited in my article. You read that and you think, my land, this is the nightly news. I mean, we're dealing yeah. with this stuff. How? How did Paul know? Well, maybe he knew it was because he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write that, and that makes it the Word of God. When you see that kind of stuff in the Bible, you might want to wake up and recognize there's something exceptional, very unique, uh, inspired maybe, about that Word of God that we should attend to. It proves itself over and over again because, my land, this is the nightly news. How did he know? Oh, my goodness. It is. It is exactly that. And the last word there from St. Peter, again, you close with this. You close with Paul and Peter. There will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring destructive heresies. They will exploit you with false words. Oh, my goodness. That is exactly what our culture is right now. We see it displayed on the nightly news, and sadly, we see it pushed upon children, even at their youngest ages. Um uh, in their daily lives. All right, we'll uh, make our break here. Then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the shame of America and why it is we are sending people uh, to foreign lands representing us in the um, in the uh, garb and in the attire and in the lifestyle, I guess, that we are. And we'll let you explain that as we continue. Always Right Radio, back with Dr. Piper after this. Okay, 1023 now. We continue with Dr. Edward Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. I saw this picture uh, a few days ago, and I actually posted it on my social media. As you can follow me on uh, Truth Social at Always Write WHK and also on Facebook at Always Write uh, 1420. And I posted this picture, and my caption was, um, the, the, we are a laughingstock to the rest of the world. We are. Uh, but I think it's much more dangerous to send people like... Um, uh, Richard Levine, who likes to call himself Rachel and wear lipstick and dresses instead of military uniforms, uh, male military uniforms, rather. And somebody named Sam Brinton, who is another, uh, I guess he's the Deputy Assistant Nuclear Energy Secretary, Sam Brinton, who is bald and has a mustache and wears dresses and apparently has dog fetishes that he likes the world to know about. We sent them to... Uh, overseas to, you know, uh, foreign uh, uh, diplomacy uh, uh, events. French Ambassador Philippe Etienne's home was specific, and we're sending these people over there in their full trans garb and expecting the rest of the world to take us seriously. And it's 
Dr. Piper, I think much more than just embarrassing. Uh, it's much more than making us a laughing stock. I fear that this makes us look extraordinarily weak in the face of some people who don't necessarily mean, and I don't mean the French, I mean the rest of the world, some people in the world who don't necessarily mean the United States um, uh, good. Uh, they, in fact, they mean us harm. Well, and you have said it before, and I've said it repeatedly, we are a laughing stock. And another way to say it is our enemies are watching. I mean, while we're all concerned about equity and transgender rights and paying for transgenders to get surgery with military dollars, while we're so focused on that, our enemies are building up a massive military force. China is doing that. Russia is doing that. Russia's using its military prowess to invade Ukraine. We're watching this stuff happen before our very eyes, and we fiddle while the world burns by dinking around with LGBTQ lunacy. I mean, this is not what the military is for. The military is to protect our freedom, not to flaunt our debauchery. And when you have a foreign minister from Russia who tweets and says, keep it up, America, if you want us to uh, respect you, I'm paraphrasing right now, if you want us to respect you, you've lost it because you, our former partner, are doing exactly what we'd like you to do, and that is you're killing yourself by virtue of your own actions. You're Doctor, taking these Doctor, actions. Dr. Piper, you, yeah. I know you, you don't have it in front of you, so let me read the tweet real quick and then continue your, your analysis of it. The, the tweet from Dmitry yeah. Polyensky uh, Russian government official, quote, keep going that way, our dear American ex-partners. I don't think we even need any long-term strategies to counter your malicious role in the world. You are doing the right thing yourselves, and let the whole world see who you are, end quote. Go ahead, Doctor. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, I, I actually had it up during the break, and I, I lost that tweet in front of me, so I appreciate you uh, giving the exact quote. So, again, the Piper paraphrase of that, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing, because we'll never need to take military action against you. You're defeating yourself through this lunacy. That's what he's saying. He's recognizing how crazy this is, and our enemies know that they could easily defeat us if those are our priorities. Uh, I think I've talked before on the show, Bob, about culture. What is the root word of culture? It's cult. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean a false religion. What it means is you're cultivating the field in a common parallel direction with common cause and with organized glue, if you will, that holds the culture together. That's what the root of the word culture means. If you no longer have enough glue to hold your community together where you can actually say that men are men and women are women and we're not going to appoint people to leadership or who are confused on those matters, then we are lost as a culture and our enemies recognize that the cult if you will that holds them together is stronger the glue that holds russia together and china together is arguably stronger glue than the glue that holds the united states of america together and that's not a good place for us to be in the face of any military aggression or conflict you know um Abraham Lincoln once said, right, in his 1838 speech, he, he's uh, long known as, as, as uh, the author of the quote, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we lose our freedom, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. 
In other words, paraphrase to, it will be destroyed from within. That is literally, that was 18, what did I say, 38? 1838, that Abraham Lincoln said that in his speech, uh, long before he became president, obviously, uh, but he was right. And now we're seeing it played out, and we're seeing it repeated, by the way, by Russians, uh, you know, who, who obviously, as I said, do not wish the United States well. They don't have to attack us to take us down. Just keep going, you guys, and you're going to become so weak, you're going to collapse from within. And, you know, it goes, it, this actually does tie into the previous story that we talked about before the break. Mm-hmm. And that is the loss of the Judeo Christian ethic, the biblical worldview that was the foundation of the very founding of our country. Uh, this argument that there's always been a secular assumption for the United States of America is a lie. That's not true. And one of the, one of the seminal quotes is the John Adams quote, and that is, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And when you look at the stuff that's taking place, like the Sam Brenton picture of him in a dress and pumps, along with Rachel Levine, and you have to recognize that we've completely lost the moral and religious glue that holds our nation together and that our Constitution is not going to be adequate to the government of any people without that moral and religious glue, without that common assumption of a biblical ethic and a biblical worldview, which was clearly the soil out of which, or, uh, the soil in which our founding fathers planted the seeds of freedom. That that without that assumption, we digress into all of this lunacy of every man shall do what is right in his own eyes, which is the warning closing verse. That's the last verse in the book of Judges that warns us that if you come to that time as a nation, Israel, every man doing what is right in his own eyes, you will be lost and you will be overthrown. You will be defeated. That's the story of Judges. And don't we find ourselves on the very precipice of that exact same thing today? Outstanding job and terrific analysis, Dr. Piper. And great article, by the way. Thank you so much for shining a spotlight on all of that. We appreciate it very much. Uh, We'll talk to you again next Thursday. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Everett Piper joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 1030, time for news. On the other side, we're going to a bit of a different direction. American crime, violent crime in Cleveland, in Lorraine, in a lot of northeast Ohio cities, I'm sad to say, and all across this country. Violent crime is spiking. We're going to talk to somebody who's got maybe an idea on how we can help deal with that. Chris Tonto Peranto, one of the heroes of Benghazi, will be joining me next on AM 1420, The Answer. Spreading the light of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always write radio with Bob France and The Answer. Onward now, 1038, Always Write Radio online at alwayswrite.us. Check the site each morning for the latest news, conservative news and views, top stories, interviews from previous shows, things that you may have missed, articles you need to read. It's all there for you at alwayswrite.us. Now, we've been talking in some depth. Uh, and for some time now about this extraordinary crime spike, violent crime spike 
all across the big cities in this country, almost all of them left-wing run cities, left-wing mayors, left-wing city councils, and yes, left-wing prosecutors, which has led to uh, so much of what we are seeing. They have defunded police, they have underfunded police, they have, police, they have understaffed police, they have told police not to be aggressive in their in their jobs, otherwise they're going to end up either dead or they're going to end up in a jail cell. And uh, prosecutors are essentially pro-criminal and anti-victim. It's happening in too many places. The question is, is what do we do about it? How can we possibly uh, find a way to protect and defend ourselves in circumstances such as those? Well, let's bring in Chris Peranto and ask him. Chris Tonto Peranto, you may recall, and you should recall, he's a hero. He was one of the heroes that defended the American uh, compound in Benghazi during that 2012 terrorist attack. You probably saw the film 13 Hours, maybe a few times like I did. He's a former Army Ranger security expert, and now... He is also the co-founder of the E3 Firearms Association. Joining us, joining us now to talk about defending ourselves against this uh, this crime wave. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. How are you, sir? Sir, thank you for having me on. No, I, I appreciate that. I, I, and and brother, I, I just it's an honor to still be able to talk, and people still remember uh, that that fateful night and remember my teammates Ronan Bub, who really sacrificed all. So thank you so much. Yeah, well, you know what? If we're doing our jobs right, no one will ever forget. No one will ever forget. Yes, sir. That's, that, that's our responsibility uh, to make sure that people always know who you are and those who made that sacrifice. Chris, Thank um, you. real quick, uh, first of all, is it Chris or Tonto? What do you prefer? Here, I've been calling <laughs> both for every, everything. I, like I said, just don't call me late for dinner. I know that's a dad joke, but I'm a dad age now. I'm 50, so. Uh, I'm with you, yeah, brother. You call me whatever you want. Yeah. I'm with you. I love. I just love the nickname. It's great. Anyway, um, so let's let you know. We, first, let's talk about E3 Firearms. Um, let's talk yes, about sir. what this association is, how you founded it, and what its goal is. And particularly because it's got the word firearms in it, I'm going to assume yeah. you have some thoughts on what happened yesterday in the House Judiciary Committee, in which they voted to ban "quote unquote" assault weapons. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Well, E3 Firearms. I co-founded it, but the other co-founder, Adam Paintshot, is a. Uh, is still a current state trooper out in New Hampshire and, and, and former uh, Air Force uh, OSI guy. So I've got a great partner and a great following fellow instructor as well. So it's not just me. It's another subject matter expert in firearms that's helping out with this. But E3 Farms, we, we made it to, not just to learn about farms. We also got online training for the deals with, with, the, and with the partners that we have that only E3 members get. But it, it was really to make a, a non-intimidating environment for people to come. And we've got a lot of new shooters now. Uh, obviously, you see the, 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 the spike in, in background checks of people trying to purchase farms, you know, over the last, I don't know, last few months, actually. And those new farms, you know, they, they, I think giving them a non-intimidating environment to come and learn how to shoot and learn how to protect themselves is important because, you know, hey, there are a lot of alpha males out there, and, and I'm one of them, that are out there in the farms community. And sometimes we have that, that machismo that puts off the new shooter. They don't want to come learn. And we're just trying to make it a little different, make it different so they can come learn and, and smile. And if you've seen the movie 13 Hours, that's me. I'm that Pablo Schreiber laughing guy. I mean, that guy that played me, Pablo Schreiber, tremendous. He's a lot bigger than me. I'm better looking, so it's a fair trade-off as far as I'm concerned. But, but brother, I, I tell you what, that's me. And at the end of the day, when you leave the range, I want you to be able to be able to protect yourself better. I want you to be able to be more confident and have situational awareness. So you don't have to get in that fight. Sometimes the best fight to get in is the one you never get in. It's to walk away because you recognize there's a threat and you don't need to deal with it. But also at the end of the day, smiling and, and, and just knowing that you had a good time and enjoying it, not that you just learn, but that you, you want to keep learning because it, 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 it needs to be fun. It needs to be something that's enjoyable, not just 
not just this awful piece of metal that I'm holding because it, it's the gun is not awful. It's the person that holds it. A good person with a gun will always be able to protect and deal with a bad person with a gun. And we saw that in Indiana. I mean, that's a perfect perfect case right there. Yeah, I was so um, so so glad to see that. I mean, obviously not glad that there was a shooting in which it had to happen. Of course. You know, look, there's evil in the world. There's just nothing we can do about that. Oh, there yeah. are bad people who are going to do bad things, and we can wish and pray that they go away, but they're not going to, not everyone anyway. And so somebody has to be willing to step up and be the good guy with the gun. Now, many of the anti-Second Amendment people, you know, the the gun rights, uh, or excuse me, the uh, uh, the gun control lobby, they they seem to believe that the good guy with the gun thing is a myth. As a matter of fact, they are really angry that this particular 22-year-old in Indiana is being called a good Samaritan because they said good Samaritans oh, don't kill people. Uh, and and trying to accuse them of carrying illegally, by the way, which he was not because of constitutional carry. But they're doing everything they can to diminish and demean the good guy with a gun uh, idea. They, they want to call it mythical. How do you respond to that? Well, I, they're wrong, completely wrong. Um, and... and they're using this argument because it's low-hanging fruit for them. It's always something they can come in and argue about to help with their base and help them get more money for, for donations and so forth. But they're completely wrong, and I know why they're completely wrong, because I protected a lot of these people when I was working, the diplomats and the politicians. They were safe because they had a guy like me, or even just myself, even just personally myself, being that good guy with a gun, standing that perimeter so no bad guy could get to them. So. Uh, to me, they're, they're being hypocrites, but I, I think in America we're getting our common sense back more so than ever. Not not in D.C., but at least everywhere else for the most part. And and we're seeing that it is just a political statement they're making because that's what they always do. And when it comes down to it and everything else in the world is going to crap because of liberal policies, well, the low-hanging fruit, guns and racism. And it's always been that way. And But I, I think people are waking up to that and saying that, wait a second, all right, this kid in Indiana – He's not a bad guy, and he needed to be there. And you know, and also that little sign outside of the mall that says "No guns allowed." It didn't stop, and it never will stop a bad guy that wants to kill someone. So I, I just I see this honestly as the same old playbook that they always do. But I see people finally, finally. I I don't want to say this. I'm, I get maybe I'm being optimistic, but I want to say I see people finally seeing through that and saying, "No, okay, no more." We're going to protect ourselves, and we're not going to listen to you guys and, and that rhetoric anymore. And I'm I'm glad, and they shouldn't, because good guys with guns do stop bad guys with guns, and I know that from my own personal experience. Uh, we're talking with Chris Tonto Peranto, one of the heroes of Benghazi uh, from 2012 in that terrorist attack. He is the co-founder of E3 Firearms. Uh, and I'm looking at the website right now, E3, and it's not spelled out. It's the number three, E, the number three, firearmsassociation.com, and it's got you right there on the front. You, you said <laughs> that ugly more... Mug, yeah. <laughs> well, like you said, you're more good-looking than the actor that played you. Uh, so... <laughs> so uh, you know, you, you talk about how you know more Americans you think are really coming around and understanding what it needs, uh, what they need to do to protect uh, themselves and their family and their property and, and so on and so forth. But maybe yes, not sir. so much in D.C. Sadly, D.C. controls a lot of that. And the step that was taken yeah. yesterday, as I mentioned, was the uh, the vote in the judiciary, judi- judiciary committee. Now it's still got a ways to go. It would have to pass the full house, and then it would have to pass the Senate, sure. which is a fifty-fifty Senate. So who knows? But. What is your reaction to the fact that they're trying to bring back a ban on what they call assault rifles? The chairman of the committee, by the way, I don't know if you saw any of that, but the chairman of the committee, uh, Chris, uh, Jerry Nadler, was asked directly, do you know what AR stands for in this uh, this weapon that you're trying to, to ban? And he said, assault rifle. 
Uh, and this is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee doesn't know that AR yeah. stands for Armalite, which is the name of the first company or the platform. That was these, the first, first these weapons. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they use the words assault rifle and weapons of war to, to essentially as uh, propaganda to scare people into saying these shouldn't it, be on the market. Exactly. And, and, and exactly. now they're doing it. So, I mean, what, what, what do you do? Do you and does E3 or, you know, the NRA? There's a lot of gun rights group that, groups that need to push sure, back and kind of rally, sure. rally a support for, for stopping this ban. You know, gun owners of America is another good one that 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 does help that out there and help uh, help help form and bring people together to fight a lot of this ridiculousness. First of all, they they preach education and then they're not even educated on what they're trying to ban or what they're trying to talk about, which is which is laughable. And I, I do again to me that's a, that's a win. That's people going using common sense thing. Okay, these people are trying to ban something. They have no idea what it's about. And they're going to be the leftists, the far liberalists. We're never going to reach. It's just not going to happen. And I've come to terms with that. But the ones in the middle, the the moderates and and those ones that are swinging a little bit left or right, they're seeing through that. And I do see that because I still train and I see them out there. And I see them coming to my classes. I have battle line tactical classes. They're coming to learn how to shoot. So what I say is is don't listen to people in D.C. Stop it. I think we've been saying that for, for many, many years now. And as far as guns go and assault rifles and all this and that, a gun in any person's hand that's a bad person, regardless of what it is, it's going to be it's it's, it's going to be a bad outcome. A gun in any good person's hand is going to be a good outcome. And more, many times than not, there's not going to be anything wrong with a gun in a good person's hand because we're just out there and we want to shoot, we want to be outside, and we want to enjoy each other's company, and that's what we do at E3. That's what that is about. But in the end state too, at the end of the day, you're walking away from the range being more comparable in handling of firearms and being able to protect yourself and protect your family. And those politicians that push that, they're limiting our rights to protect ourselves and our family and the innocents out there. And I, I think that we can see by their by their actions that they don't really care about our families. They don't really care about us. I, and I say that because why else would you be taking the only method that I can to protect myself, or one of the only methods I can to protect myself, but then giving it to yourself. So you're going to maintain your protection. And we've also seen the law enforcement, and I don't want to beat the guys up in Texas. If you never run towards gunfire, it's hard to, to be that armchair quarterback saying something. But they, their response was, was not what it should have been. And that also shows the validity of having a personal firearm on you because police officers, there's not enough of them. And then right. sometimes even when they are in the area, they may not come to your rescue and come to your aid. And, and without having the ability to protect yourself, then you know, we're going to have a lot more, lot more good people dying and, and a lot more bad people out there committing crimes. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out, too. I think one of my favorite sayings about that is the reason why people carry guns is because police officers are too heavy to carry. And you can't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, if you yeah. could carry one with you at all times, and he used his gun, great, but uh, but you can't. And so, therefore, you're you going to have to have your own, right? Uh, I, I cheated because I was preparing for our interview last night, uh, and I looked at your website, so I know the answer to what E3 stands for, but our listeners might not. Tell me about E3. It's educate, entertain, and empower, or empower, educate, entertain. And that's essentially what it is. Getting out there, learning, not just on the firing range, but there's online classes, because it's expensive now. It's expensive to travel to take courses, and having the ability to watch an instructor online, uh, honestly, is a plus. And Adam has some of those courses on there, my partner and myself, and I think they're very well done. But then coming to ranges that you normally wouldn't be able to shoot at we we're going to shoot at the rim of the grand canyon next year i, I mean that's a bucket list for me i so i think just the ability to be outside is, is 
shooting is a sport just like anything else and being outside being in the fresh air and and getting your heart rate up a little bit that's good for you so there's a there's a win-win there you're learning to protect yourself but you're also getting some exercise and you're also around like-minded individuals that that really do if you come to any course that we have you'll see that they just everybody's smiling and happy and having a good time and i'm out there trying to dance no i'm not as good as the guy in the movie i don't have that much rhythm but (laughs) i i do dance and i'm out there goofing and showing that you know, I'm taking the edge off because I, I think people get too worried and scared of guns. And when they find out that honestly, it, it's fun, it's, 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 it, there is an instinct to it, but also the people that are in the 2A community are just good, great, diverse, fun people. They're going to want to continue to shoot. And this is going to be a habit for them. And, and it makes it, it's healthy. And for veterans, bro, it's for me, it is very healthy for me to go out there and still shoot. It, it really is. It helps my mindset than me being locked up in the house and not being able to do anything. It, it's very therapeutic for veterans Absolutely. and for law enforcement and for anybody that's been through a traumatic event. I tell you what, shooting is very therapeutic, and I can tell you that from experience. I believe that every step of the way. Empower, educate, and entertain. Those are the three E's in E3 Firearms uh, online at E3 Firearms Association. There's all kinds of information. You can read their vision, read the goal, read the mission, uh, and learn how to enroll. It's right there at the top of the page. E3, E, then the number three, firearmsassociation.com, co-founded by Chris Tonto Peranto, one of the heroes of Benghazi. Chris, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for uh, empowering people sure. and uh, and educating people about what uh, what firearms are really all about and what they're how they're supposed to be used. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And we need it more than ever right now in this particular time in our country. So thanks so much for Yes, sir. You. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, sir. Keep up the good fight, and, and God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, too, sir. Thank you. That's Chris Peranto. He is, uh, again, one of the heroes. You don't ever want to forget the names of those who lost their lives in Benghazi. Chris Stevens was the ambassador, and... Um, uh, Sean Smith was a Foreign Service officer, and then Ty Woods and Glenn Doherty were working security along with Chris there. Their former Navy SEALs uh, were, were the four who lost their lives. And the only reason there weren't a whole lot more is because people like Chris Peranto, uh, that, uh, that team that defended uh, that venue, uh, will, will forever be heroes in my mind. And I think in the minds of anybody who paid attention to what happened that day. Okay, it's uh, 10.53. This is a timeout, and I think we might have time on the other side for a phone call or two. I told you you're going to have to be ready and pick your spots. This is one of those spots. You want to get in, 216-901-0945. Do it right now. No Okay, 10.57. Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks to Chris Tonto Peranto. We talked to Dr. Everett Piper already today. We talked to Congressman Jim Jordan about that um, ridiculous bill uh, that was pushed out of the uh, Judiciary Committee yesterday to ban quote-unquote assault rifles, even though the Democrats on that committee don't know what the term means. It's quite striking, really. Uh, let's go to phones. Uh, Andrew in Cleveland was listening and waiting for his spot. He found it, and he's on air right now on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Andrew. Good morning, Bob. How's it going? It's going well, sir. What's on your mind? Hey, I was wondering if you had caught uh, Mayor's, Mayor of uh, Cleveland Bibb's new proclamation for the abortion. So I got an email the other day notifying me, I think it was the 18th, uh, of the steps that the city of Cleveland is going to take uh, for the abortion um, and their agenda. So basically, it was it was five things. It was 
um, deprioritizing it from a from a police standpoint. So it went to the very very lowest priority. So in other words, they're not going to do anything um, if they come across it. The next thing they're going to do is, um, I believe, make it um, a non-prosecution, basically not allow the prosecution of anybody. Uh, then they're going to have a taxpayer slush fund <laughs> to pay for abortions for employees. Um, they're checking for the insurance companies to make sure that our insurance companies uh, will continue to pay for abortions if they go out of state. And then I think the fifth one was just some other uh, kind of a nonsense one. Um, but I was wondering if you had caught that. I did. Yeah, I did, Andrew. And I don't have a ton of time here to hit on it, but I, I appreciate you calling about it. Thank you. Keep listening. I'll talk about it next half hour when I get a chance to. I've got another guest coming up. But, uh, but yeah, I did see all of that. Uh, you know, Cleveland is becoming as woke and as leftist as Chicago. Uh, just staying in the Midwest. I don't know if I want to go all the way to San Francisco and Seattle about it, but pretty doggone close. This is who they are. This is the, uh, the, the, the crown jewel in Northeast Ohio that we all uh, circle around. And it, it's disgusting and it's repugnant, but yes, it's real. Thank you, my friend. We'll be back. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now, nine minutes past 11 o'clock on this Thursday, 21st morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, before we get to our top of the hour guest, uh, we've got some uh, we've got some breaking news here. Do you do you remember this? You're OK. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. A key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. I bring you that to bring you this. All right, uh, just breaking now, uh, the White House has put out a statement this morning that President Biden has tested positive for COVID-19. Hey, wait, wait, what? How can that be? They're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah, yeah you're okay. Yeah, it's no big deal. What, what, but what happened? Just breaking now, uh, the White House has put out a statement this morning that President Biden has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Second time, I think, right? Second time for old Jolton Joe? 
or jabbing Joe or jabbed Joe. How many times has that guy been stabbed? Seriously. How, he's a pincushion. He's taken every one of the jabs that they demanded uh, that everybody take, all of the boosters. I mean, Lord only knows what else he's got pumping through those veins to keep him vertical and semi-lucid. But, uh, yeah, uh, he's got all kinds of anti-COVID stuff, mRNA technology at its finest flowing through his veins uh, and into his cells. And, yet he says got COVID yet again. Uh, just to just keep that in mind any time and every time you hear anybody who has been vaccinated, much less boosted, uh, when you find out that they have COVID. Just you're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. And you know this. This is the last thing I say about it because I want to get to our guest. This is what makes the mandate all the more egregious. The mandate against all of military personnel. How many Marines and soldiers and sailors have been booted from the military? How many of them are facing reductions in pay and rank because they refuse to take this vaccine that does not vaccinate, that does not inoculate you against infection? Oh, but if you don't have it, you're going to, you're, when you do get COVID, you're going to get much sicker than people who get, get the vaccine. That's not a vaccine. That is not a vaccine. They, they lied to us from the get-go when they in, enacted these mandates. Uh, any employer, any business, any school, anybody that is mandating these shots that do not work, I hope there is a class-action lawsuit the likes of which this country has never seen before and put it against the federal government since they have already declared that the manufacturers, the pharmaceutical companies, cannot be touched. They cannot be hit with civil action. Over the um, over, any, over anything having to do with repercussions, adverse events, deaths, anything else from these shots. So it all goes on the federal government. So Biden, yesterday it was cancer, today it's COVID. Back in April it was asthma. I don't know what to think about this guy anymore. I think we should sum it all up with dementia. All right, let's get back to the uh, matter at hand. Uh, I want to welcome to our program uh, our latest guest from the Alliance Defending Freedom. I love ADF. It is uh, simply a phenomenal legislative ministry. Uh, not legislative, rather, but a legal ministry. They uh, they put their talents uh, and their efforts into defending people who need to be defended because their rights of freedom of religion are under attack in a variety of ways. We know probably their most famous client is Jack Phillips, the Colorado baker who is being told, you better bake that cake for the gay wedding or you are done. He's been battling for some 10 years despite getting victories even up at the Supreme Court level. Well, now it's going on again. And once again, we return to Colorado for the story of Lori Smith, an artist who is facing a very similar challenge uh, that Jack Phillips faced, which lets us know that none of us are safe, even with these court precedents. Joining us from ADF is Jake Warner. He's senior counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom's appellate team. He's been with ADF since 2017, focusing on protecting the freedom of Christians to exercise their faith in the marketplace without fear of government punishment. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for the time this morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Good to have you. What is it about Colorado? Why is it that this seems to be, I don't say the only one, but it seems like time after time after time, we find out ADF has taken up a new case. Somebody else is being persecuted for religious uh, freedom and refusing to do something that violates their religious faith. It, it seems like the, the, an inordinate number of these cases are coming from Colorado. Why is that? <laughs> well, you mentioned Jack Phillips earlier. Back uh, 10 years ago this week, actually, two men came in his shop and asked for a custom cake to celebrate a same-sex wedding. Of course, Jack declined, and the state prosecuted Jack all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, where Jack won a significant victory there in 2018. But you might remember in Jack's case, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that 
the state had violated his free exercise rights. On the way up, uh, state officials had compared Jack's plea for religious freedom to some of the worst things in our history, such as defenses used to justify the Holocaust and slavery. But more than that, the state had actually discriminated against Jack and treated him worse than other cake artists. While, Kate, while Jack's case was, uh, was coming up through the courts, uh, a religious man asked three other cake artists to create cakes criticizing same-sex marriage. And when that religious man filed discrimination charges against them, the state said no. Those cake artists had the freedom to decline to create those cakes because of an objection to the message. Well, they denied that same freedom to Jack, and the Supreme Court said that that was wrong and violated Jack's free exercise rights. Well, Smith, uh, who owns 303 Creative, saw all of this, and she lives in Colorado, and she wondered, well, can the state punish me if I decline to create custom websites celebrating views of marriage that uh, disagree with my biblical belief? So she contacted ADF, and, and we told her about the risk, and uh, she actually decided to sue the state uh, to see what her rights were before she was punished and dragged into 10 years of litigation like Jack Phillips. So that's fascinating. This is a little bit different. So she preemptively went after the state, saying, don't try to do to me what you've done to other people, including Jack Phillips. Uh, we can't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't want to have to defend myself. So, so this is a preemptive strike. That's exactly right. A pre-enforcement challenge is really a hallmark of American civil rights litigation. Here in America, you don't have to be facing fines or sitting in jail before you learn your constitutional rights. Uh, that's just not right or fair. So, uh, Lori, building on this tradition, filed a suit and said, hey, wh- what's my rights here? You've punished uh, Jack Phillips for years, and I want to create custom websites uh, consistent with my faith and my views about marriage. Uh, are you going to punish me? And turns out, as her case went up through the courts, each court said the state had the power to force Lori uh, to create websites celebrating messages and views of marriage that go against her deeply held beliefs. And that's wrong. So we appealed up to the U.S. Supreme Court um, some months ago, and thankfully the U.S. Supreme Court has decided to weigh in on this issue of whether government can force Americans to say things they don't believe uh, and punish them. And uh, the Supreme Court's going to hear Lloyd's case later this fall. You know, I'm I'm so glad uh, to hear the way that is framed as well. We're talking with Jake Warner. If you just turn on the radio, Jake Warner is with is a uh, an attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom, talking about their case uh, for Lori Smith. She is a graphic designer, a graphic artist. She does uh, digital art, designs websites, these kinds of things. And she is, uh, as you just heard, she is challenging the state of Colorado uh, to make sure that they don't come after her and force her to say something or create something that she doesn't believe in. And that's the phrasing that I think is so important here jake people think that the first amendment when it's under attack is only under attack for speech which is censored or suppressed and it's not because compelled speech forced speech telling people you must say something you do not want to say for any reason really much less religious telling somebody that they have to say express draw bake create that they don't believe in that is just as much of a violation of the first amendment as suppressed speech is that's exactly right, and the Supreme Court has uh, often said that it's worse when the government is compelling someone to say what they don't believe uh, as apart from just uh, censoring what they're saying. So it's, there's a grave evil going on here. Um, and this case, uh, like I said earlier, is about the freedom of every American to live and work and to say things that they believe without fear of government punishment. The principle that we're advocating here is not only going to protect people like Jack Phillips and Lori Smith, 
uh, we hope that it will protect people who disagree with them on life's biggest issues like marriage and gender. We don't think the government should force a website designer who identifies as LGBT to create custom websites celebrating views of marriage that goes against their beliefs. The government simply doesn't have that power, and we're hoping the U.S. Supreme Court says so when it issues a decision in Lori's case next summer. That is so important. Uh, and they'll hear that case this fall then, right? They're going to hear it this fall. No date has been set, but it's likely going to be in November. It is so important to make the distinction, too, that like like with Jack, um, the individuals that ended up uh, suing him and filing whatever uh, you know charges against him were customers of his. He had served them before. He knew they were gay. He knew they were a gay couple. He never denied service to them based on their sexual orientation or, or sexuality or anything of that nature at all. He always served them. But it's when they asked, asked him to make a particular item, which was a cake, a cake celebrating a gay wedding, that he said, no, nope, I'll do your birthday cake. I'll do, I'll do your, I'll, I'll do a, you know, maybe Lori Smith will do something for the Broncos in a big game. If somebody wants to put a big, you know, party together and they want to make some banners, can you design something for him? No problem. I don't care if you're gay, straight, trans, or anything else. But if you ask me to create art or, or, you know, any kind of creative expression that celebrates those things, um, that I do not believe with, that's where I can't do it. And that's a big distinction there. Not, dis- not discriminating against an individual, but just refusing to create something, uh, that they don't, you know, that they don't necessarily, that doesn't comport with their religious beliefs. That's exactly right. For people like Lori and Jack, uh, it's always about what they are being asked to express or communicate. It's never about who is asking them to communicate it. It's always about the message, never about the customer. That is so important. I just want people to understand that, too, because there's some people who don't. Some people hear this and they think, oh, you know, this is about, you know, discriminating against people who are gay. And, and it's absolutely not. There, there are very clear laws saying you cannot discriminate based on race and, and sex and so on and so forth. But, again, that's not about this. It's about what you want me to do. Uh, I can serve you in a variety of ways, but the one, you know, some of the ways that I can't are the things that would violate my own personal religious beliefs. And, quite frankly, and you can tell me this, uh, uh, Jake, you know, does it have to be religious? Can't someone just say, look, I'm a designer, I'm an artist, I don't believe in this gender transitioning uh, movement that's going on, confusing children, I think it's dangerous to them, I think it's wrong, uh, and I don't have to be religious about it, I just, you know, I believe in science, I believe in biology, I believe in, you know, men and women, and XX and XY. I, do I have to have religion as as the basis of my refusal to make or create something that I don't agree with? Absolutely not. In fact, the Supreme Court in Lori's case will be addressing the the question that it left unanswered in Jack's case, and it is the free speech question. Uh, so there's actually no free exercise question raised uh, or going to be decided in, in Lori's case. So yes, this principle, if Lori wins at the U.S. Supreme Court, we trust that all Americans, no matter whether they hold religious beliefs or not, will be uh, protected, that they'll be free to say what they believe without fear of government punishment. That is so important, and I'm glad I just kind of brought that up at the end of our conversation. I want people to know how huge that is. I represent a, an organization called Citizens for Free Speech, and we talk about these issues all the time. This will be something we will feature uh, because uh, it's it's about more than just, you know, obviously we, we represent the First Amendment, so that means freedom of religion and the right to practice it, but it also just means flat-out speech, even if religion is not involved. So I'm so glad to hear you say that's exactly what this case will be about. Jake Warner, Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom's appellate team, handling Lori Smith's case. Again, it's going to get a Supreme Court hearing this fall. Next summer, we'll get a result and an answer. I know, boy, the 
justice system works so slowly, <laughs> and it's so frustrating. I wish we could just get this done right away, but we will follow it uh, all the way through the next several months when you get this to the uh, uh, to the Supreme Court and beyond, and hopefully we can talk to you again for status reports. Sure. Be happy to. We'd love to. Thank you. Jake Warner, thank you for the work you do and the work that all of the attorneys and all of the volunteers that do so much uh, for uh, religious liberty and for freedom, period, at Alliance Defending Freedom. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. All right. That's Jake Warner, uh, Senior Counsel, Alliance Defending Freedom. That's a big, big deal. We're going to feature that, I guarantee you, uh, at Citizens for Free Speech. Uh, we'll take a time out now. It's 1123. Finally, after four guests, back to back to back to back, we have an opportunity to take some phone calls. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We'll take them the rest of the way. you got to make them right now. Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Eleven twenty six now. Always right radio. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Joe Biden apparently doesn't have cancer, but he has COVID. Did you see that yesterday? By the way, before we come back to the COVID COVID part of this uh, ridiculous latest Biden story, um, did you see what he said yesterday? This is this has made the rounds. Biden declared. Um, when he was doing his uh, his stupid little, hey, the climate is an emergency story, he declared that he has cancer. He said that very, very directly. He said he and a ton of other people from Delaware have cancer because cancer or because of uh, Delaware's uh, 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 energy policies, apparently, and it's uh, it's pollution. And so what I want you to hear is a short clip here. It's actually two clips, so you'll hear them back to back. Joe Biden telling the same exact story back in April as he told yesterday, but with two different diagnoses. Listen. And I, we, I, when I went to a small little school that was about uh, a mile from the apartment complex we lived in, and a little school called Holy Rosary. And I, you couldn't walk to school because although it was a four-lane access highway, it was just too dangerous to cross some of the streets. And my mother would get in the, And when it came spring, I mean, it came in the fall, this is the God's truth. And you'd get in the car, and there's a little frost on the window, turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick. Not a joke. I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. I just, in an apartment complex. Yeah, I'm going to pause it there so you know that we're switching over to the, the, the July version of this story. The April version was. I've got asthma, and 80% of the people I know, listen. Not a joke. I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. That was April. Now, this is July. I just, in an apartment complex, and we moved to Delaware, and just up the road to a little school I went to, Holy Rosary Grade School. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us, and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. 
in uh, in April. That exact same story led to his asthma. And in July, that exact same story leads to his cancer. Tell me, is this dementia Joe? Who just said the wrong word because he cannot think clearly for longer than four seconds at a time? Or is this fear-mongering Joe? Trying to tell people that if we don't act on climate change right now, and if we don't get rid of these dirty, dangerous fossil fuels with oil slicks on our windshields, that we're going to get cancer. We're all going to get cancer. Which one is it? Is it Dementia Joe or is it Fearmongering Joe? Dementia Joe or Propaganda Joe? Maybe there's a better way to say that. I like it. I want to run with it. Is it Dementia Joe or Propaganda Joe? In April, it was asthma. In July, yesterday, it was cancer. And, oh, by the way, <laughs> today, he's got COVID. Despite being stabbed, I don't know how many times by how many needles, today, he's got COVID. You can't write it. You can't make it up. All you can do is shake your head at it. And you can call about it. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Right back after this. Giving you reason in the age of unreason. Always right radio with Bob France and the answer. Well, first time appreciate them announcing this, announcing how important it is to test, particularly if you're over 70, and how important it is to immediately get Paxlovid. And so to all of our people, all of our Americans across the South, where the virus is moving rapidly and expanding, you can see how contagious this is, even this... I love it! Dr. Deborah Burks, one of the other hacks pushing the COVID propaganda, responding to the Joe Biden as COVID news, not talking about how he is triple or quadruple jabbed and wears masks and fist bumps uh, murderous dictators rather than shaking their hands, still got COVID again. And instead of acknowledging the failure, it's look how important this is for everybody to continue to go get their vaccinations. It is incredible. You cannot make this stuff up. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have it. These vaccinations. They won't address that. They'll tell you, go get more jabs. Unbelievable. Let's go to uh, Trevor. Uh, Trevor, you're on AM 1420, The Answer in Cleveland. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob. Hey, Trevor. I'm just waiting for... uh, Who told you that, Jack? I never said... I never said you wouldn't get COVID, Jack. You better get your facts straight, Jack. I'm going to punch you and take you behind the... Shed, Jack. <laughs> I'll show you what COVID jabs like. I hear the dudes. And out don't of forget. His mind. Well, hold on. You, you you left one out. You forgot. You're a lion dog face pony soldier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Too. There. It is. <laughs> what's what, and what's that shed? What a creep. Who's he? T- who taking people behind the sheds or something? I mean, <laughs> I've heard it. I don't. I don't try to. I don't pretend to understand it. But I've heard that as well. You I know, mean, take people, I, take people behind the shed and and share COVID with each other. I don't know. I know I'm probably preaching in the choir, but I was I was telling a family member like we have to just everybody just up your game, ratchet it up. Where uh, just the other day, a uh, cousin, you know, sitting there all bragging him and the rest, of, you know, like we have, you know, like so many families split mm-hmm. over this whole insanity with the jab, but 
we're all vexed. You know, like these people that are all cocky, like just unleash, let them know how insane it is that they, this jab that they, their Lord and Savior, COVID jab, completely is a false idol. So, I mean, we have to, that's the thing. I mean, I know it's hard, but it's like, we got to just up it. Like they want to always push. We've been having to suffer under their fake news tyranny. Yep. It's yep. like second they say, well, be, you know, repeat the line. It would Well, I'm glad I'm jabbed because it would have been a lot worse. Yeah, with the I mean, exception, and you know what else? If you're if you're up in your game, Trevor, make sure you have your stats too. Make sure you have the latest VAERS stats of the adverse events reported uh, after yeah. getting these jabs. The number of deaths, the number of strokes, the number of palsies, the number of uh, of, of of all kinds of very serious myocarditis and pericarditis. All kinds of these things that come from these too. So tell them, you know, they're pr- proud of being jabbed with something that will not inoculate them against COVID, but may cause more health problems than they've ever had before. So congratulations, family members. Well. And that's exactly and that's it and it's like and we're like we know we're in the information war and the definitions war i mean it's just crazy like it's how it's all just connected yep. that they changed the definition of a vaccine now to mean something that doesn't inoculate you against the original disease but it's right. just you know Lessen they symptoms it's like a, or whatever they say yeah no you're something exactly right. yeah hey, trevor i appreciate it brother i gotta run i gotta get some other people on the air you're too. not gonna get covid if you have these vaccinations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you there, uh, uh, Brandon. Uh, Jim is in Cleveland next. Hi, Jim. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, Bob. How are you? Uh, what's on your mind? Well, I, this gaffe on the uh, the confusion between asthma and cancer, I don't think is the bigger picture. I, I think the fact that he said he was already in Delaware and is blaming this on the oil and gas industry, <laughs> there is no oil and gas, in, uh, gas industry in Delaware. I lived there in the 70s. And as of the, the 2000s, there's still no gas and oil uh, industry in Delaware. So I don't know where he's getting an oil slick from. I was wondering that, too. As soon as I heard <laughs> that, that whole story, I'm wondering, what are you talking about when there's the first frost and you have to use your windshield wipers, you see an oil right. slick on your car? From where? Is it raining <laughs> oil in Delaware that I'm not aware of? I, I mean, No I, clue. I really, I really couldn't understand what the heck he was talking about other than he just, I, I chalk so much of it up, and I hate to say this, and it's sad to say this, but I chalk so much of that up to age, you know, because it's just the way, you sure. know, it's like it's like old grandpa, you know, kind of, you, you know, he loses his train of thought, and he starts telling stories that mix with other stories. It's like Grandpa Simpson. We're being governed right now by Grandpa Simpson. Uh, and and sure, sometimes you sure. just dismiss what he says because that's just grandpa being grandpa. And that's what I did when he said there's an oil slick on my windshield. <laughs> I, that's yeah, all I I'm, just, I'm just puzzled. Yeah, I'm just puzzled why no one has called him out on that or, or brought that up. It, if, you know, if he's talking about Scranton, Scranton most certainly has an oil and gas industry. But where in the world do you get an oil slick from, from uh, either fracking or, or just pumping um, oh. is beyond me. That's uh, beyond me. His answer, his answer would probably be, you know, the, you know, the thing. That's why. That's why. You know, the thing. That's why it works. Jim, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. it. Let me get Navy man. Norman strong's all up. Hey, uh, Navy man, you're on the air, sir. Go ahead. The words that my policeman father told me when I was a teenager, keep echoing in my head. A liar is a cheat and a cheat is a thief. And I'll tell you all three that, this man occupying the White House, Bob. He is a consummate liar, a pathological liar. I mean, I'm surprised that he even knows his name, and I don't attribute it to dementia. I think you're too kind when you call him Grandpa Simpson. This man is a disgrace. 
He's a disgrace to the office. He's a disgrace to his, you know, on the Biden family name, I swear it. Well, you keep swearing because every single time you open your mouth, nothing that spews out is lie after lie after lie. Well, and you're, you're, you're exactly me. right. And you know what, Navy Man Norm? Go back to his career as a senator, even early on, when he started plagiarizing other speeches, uh, when he, he, he got caught plagiarizing his college work, lying about where he finished in his class, lying about the number of degrees. You're right. It is, a, it is unfair to Grandpa Simpson to compare Joe Biden to him. Grandpa Simpson's confused a lot, but he's not a liar. Joe Biden's been a liar since uh, his younger days. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the call. Everybody, let's say it together now. Let's go, Brandon.